0: Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's episode is a talk given by Church of the Advent member, Dale Brown. We find ourselves in the Gospel of John this morning. And we find ourselves in a very interesting part of the scriptures. We read uh, about the story of this nobleman who comes out to talk with Jesus. And he comes to talk to Jesus because he has a very dire situation, one of his children. We're not sure if he has many children or if it's just this one, but one of his children, potentially his only child, is sick and near death. And he comes to Jesus because he hears that Jesus has come back into town. And he asks Jesus to come and heal his child. When we get to this part, we find a very strange part of the passage because Jesus' response seems to be a little abrupt. For the reading of the Scripture says in verse 48, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Now we can take that Friends, we could take that to mean that Jesus is kind of admonishing this nobleman. Why are you coming here? Why are you looking for for some kind of sign? Why are you looking for some miraculous thing? Why are you here bugging me? And yet that's not the case. You see, John is writing his gospel, and, and those who hang out with me enough know that this is my favorite gospel. I love this gospel. Um, not that the other ones aren't great. They're all good. I think we should all read all four Gospels, but the Gospel of John intrigues me because, you see, John has written this after a long period of time. He's written it probably, you know, 30, 40 years after Jesus, even longer, potentially, after Jesus has died and resurrected, ascended into the heavens. He's set with the stories that he had seen of the life of Jesus. he set with what has happened. He didn't just sit down and start writing, this is, when, this is what happened, da-da-da-da. He didn't write it as a quick gospel as the gospel of Mark is written. He didn't sit down and try to come up with a very historical passage or historical gospel as Luke had done or as Matthew had done. John waits till he's old, and he was a teenager when he was first following Jesus he sits with this for his entire life and at the end of his life toward the end he decides to write not an historical account though there is history within his gospel don't get me wrong here i'm not saying these aren't true this is historical stories but the way he writes his gospel is in a in a way like poetry it's theological history The way he writes these things to us isn't like a blow-by-blow account, but as a way of grafting into a whole narrative the significance of these events for one particular purpose. And that one particular purpose can actually be found toward the end of his gospel. In John chapter 20, starting in verse 30, John says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. You see, I believe that what Jesus I I believe Jesus said these words unless you people see signs and wonders you will by no means believe but I think John probably remembers those words not so much in relation to this nobleman coming to ask for Jesus' help but remembering those words that Jesus said for all of those who would come after who would be wondering the question is Jesus the Messiah is Jesus God is Jesus who he claims to be. And in telling this story, lays out one John lays out one more sign for us to believe. Lays out one more moment for us to reflect on who Jesus is, so that we may open our hearts and believe. Now there are in the gospel of John 7 signs corresponding, if you know, the gospel of John. It's rewriting the book of Genesis, if you will. Seven days of creation. John organizes his gospel according to the seven signs. This is the second. And what do we have? We don't have an abrasive Christ who's chastising this nobleman. We have a Christ who's coming back into his hometown and a man broken and in need coming to Christ. Now, does he believe Jesus is the Son of God? Probably not. Most likely not. Does he believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, the one who would come and free all of Israel from Roman bondage? Probably not. What does he believe about Jesus? Well, he knows that this is the same town that Jesus had performed the miracle at the wedding of Canaan, turning water into wine, which is one of my favorite miracles. One of the great things about being a Christian. Eventually, 144 gallons of water can be turned into wine if we hang out with Jesus long enough. He knows Jesus is a miracle worker. He knows that Jesus is a healer. He knows that Jesus takes care of those who come to him. And so in a moment of desperation, he travels. He travels and he finds Jesus because he needs something dramatic to happen. He needs his son to live. He needs his child to live. And what does is, what is Jesus do? Does he send them away saying, you came looking for a bunch of miracles and I'm not gonna take care of it? No. Jesus says to this nobleman, go your way, your son lives. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if one of my children were sick in the hospital and I went to go get a healer and beg the healer to come with me to heal my child, just hearing the words probably would not have been too much comfort to me. And yet this nobleman doesn't protest. He doesn't object to, the, to this. He doesn't simply say, please, come on, come on. No, what does he do? He knows Jesus at least enough. He knows him to be a miracle worker and a healer that he believes the words that Jesus has said, that his son will be well, and he leaves. Then we continue on. Now, interestingly, I think that this nobleman may have probably believed maybe Jesus was simply saying, your son's going to be okay. Not necessarily that he was going to be healed by Jesus. But whatever the reason is for this nobleman leaving, he was encouraged. And so he sets on a journey back to his own home. And as he was going out back to his homeland, servants ran up to meet him. And they say, Your son lives. Your son is okay. Your son has been healed. And the nobleman inquires, when did this happen? When did this transpire? And they say it was around the seventh hour. And that is when the nobleman knows that was the moment he had talked with Jesus. The moment Jesus had looked at him and said, your son will live. And you know what the scriptures say about the nobleman? The nobleman moves from mere faith that Jesus is a healer or that Jesus is a wonder worker. And it says, So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives, and he he himself believed and his whole household believed. (coughs) This nobleman has come to not just believe that Jesus is a good healer, a good teacher, a miracle worker, But John is letting us know that this household, presumably this household remained a part of the faith, probably were known in the community from that day forward as a community who had come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the promised one of Israel, and also coming into the fullness of the faith after the resurrection, understanding all of these things, that Jesus Christ was indeed the Son of God who had come to save the world. This story, brothers and sisters, is for us and for the whole world. This is the heart of God, and this is the heart of Christ. That when he sees someone broken and in need, he doesn't do something big and dramatic to try to get everyone's attention. He meets this person where he's at, and he heals them, restores them, gives them back their child and then sends them on their way. See, there was a lot of people in the ancient world who were looking for signs and wonders. And there's still a lot of people today. I mean, just, you know, me and my kids love to watch ghost hunters. We love to watch, um, what was that show we were watching last night? I can't remember. Uh, Something about hunting monsters in the woods or something. Uh, We love watching things like that. Uh, we love watching all kinds of things, and it's interesting. It's very interesting. All those things that are out there—is Bigfoot real? Of course, he is. But um, we love—we love to be intrigued, and we love these things. But God is not a magician, guys. God's not into magic. He's not into flair and circumstance. He's not into bombastic things. If you want to see the workings of God. You just simply have to look at how creation works itself. small and incremental ways, life happens all around us. In small and incremental ways, God's hand is moving all around us every single day. In all of our lives, if we simply look, God is there. In the mundane and in the simplicity of life. Here, Jesus simply gave the man a word. Go, your son lives. And we can come to this same Jesus, the Jesus whom John says, believe. I told you these stories to believe in him. And whatever we're going through in our lives, we can come to this same Jesus and we don't have to worry about, am I getting you know, warm and fuzzy feelings? Am I getting Holy Ghost chill bumps? Am I getting all of these things? No, we simply can come to him and say, this is what I have. Help me. And we who do believe, we who do know on this side of the resurrection, we can have confidence that this same Jesus will meet us where we are, love us where we are, and help us where we are. Because he's not out there trying to make a name for himself. He's out there trying to help you and I. To show us the heart of the Father. And to bring us into new life. Not so that we don't die and go to hell or anything, but simply so that we can join him in life everlasting. May we come to know this Jesus more and more in the season of Advent as it approaches. May we prepare our hearts to see this Christ. May we begin to journey with this Father looking at hope and finding him face-to-face in the person of Jesus. To the glory of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.